Welcome to the podcast at AntiqueAuctionForum.com. This show is sponsored by Gemmer. Collect and connect at Gemmer.com. I'm on the line with Jim Tumblin, and he is the largest Gone with the Wind collector in the entire world. Jim, how are you? Well, I'm fine, but I'm not the largest. I only weigh around 200 pounds, <laughs> but I do have the largest collection. Maybe I should have put it that way. So, what yes, are we you should have. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, I read that it's 300,000 items. Is that? I know. I, I can't. Is it? Uh, yeah. Wow. I tell you, I, I did what I thought was the largest appraisal. I, I, it involved Marilyn Monroe and all kinds of other items as well. But that was 10,000 objects, and it took five of us two weeks to do that appraisal. I can't imagine the mass of a collection you have. Amazing. Well, it's just nuts because when you see it all, it's sort of like that last scene in Citizen Kane, all of these crates and boxes. And sometimes in a, in a, a spare moment, I'll go open a box, and it's something I bought maybe 10 or 15 years ago that I'd forgotten completely about. It's just nutty. <laughs> I'm sure you forget about things with that, with that type of number we're talking about. So how did it all begin? Well, it started back in uh, early 1960s. I was a department head at Universal Studios, and I was doing some research at Western Costume for a picture we were working on. And I went over there, and there was this dress laying on the floor. And I, I'm one of these people. I, I can't even go to Kmart or someplace and see a tube of toothpaste on the floor. I've got to go pick it up because <laughs> I was always taught to respect property. And so I went to pick it up, and a docent walked by, and he said, well, don't, don't worry with that. It's on the floor because we're going to be throwing it away. And I thought, well, what a shame. So I kind of off the cuff said, well, would they sell it to me? And they walked away and came back and said, well, we'll sell you this dress and a rack of other things for $20. And um, so I bought it, and the jacket opened up, and there was a label that said Selznick International Scarlet. And I realized I was holding a costume that had been worn by Vivian Lee in Gone with the Wind, and I just paid $20 for it. And that's wow. how it started. Unbelievable. So it's kind of like the gambler hitting the real big hit. Yeah. <laughs> that started you I, on the... Started you on the road. Wow. Yeah, I always tease people. I said, well, it's a good thing that a pair of Clarabeau's panties weren't on the floor. My collecting would have gone in an entirely different direction. Kinky. <laughs> so Gone with the Wind, first of all, what an iconic movie. And we were talking a little bit off air, and I was doing a little bit of research, and I found that it's the number, if you take inflation into account, it's the number one box office hit ever. Amazing. Isn't that nuts? Because back when Gone with the Wind was released, I believe the, the matinee price was a quarter, and then if you wanted to sit in the loges, it was 75 cents. But if you adjust everything for inflation, it is still the uh, largest, uh, biggest grossing picture of all time. Just, it, it's just crazy. It's phenomenal. And, it, and, and I say that the movie still lives on. I mean, it's still, you know, my, my girlfriend is Russian, and she reads Gone with the Wind by Mitchell, the book, you know, over and over again. She's I always see it around. She's always reading it. I mean, it's such a, it's such a classic tale, and uh, the actors and actresses. My mother named our horse Rhett, and I had no idea <laughs> why for years until I was watching the, uh, all of a sudden Gone with the Wind came on, and I go, hey, Mom, this guy has the same name as our horse. And she goes, well, it's actually the other way around. 
funny. That's yeah. funny. Well, when I was about seven years old, I saw Gone with the Wind for the first time in Portland, Oregon, at the Blue Mouse Theater. And my mother gave me 50 cents and put me on a bus back when I was young. Young children could ride on a bus, you know, without... Yeah. Being chaperoned. And she said, this is the greatest movie ever made. Uh, go down and see it and then tell me about it when you get home. So I went down and, you know, paid, you know, 10 cents or 15 cents, whatever it was, and bought popcorn and all that. And then I came home and she says, well, what did you think? And I said, well, it starts out nice. You know, everybody's going to a party and they're dressed real nice and then you know people get mad at each other and they have a war and then she ends up rolling around the dirt and eating dirt <laughs> well my mother failed to tell me that there was a, a thing as an intermission so i'd left at the intermission you know oh. when scarlet is eating the radish you know when the lights came up i just headed for the door and when I got home and explained, you know, my opinion of the movie, she realized what had happened. And so the next day, on a Sunday, she gave me another 50 cents, and she says, go and sit until it says, the end. <laughs> and so I did, and that's how I first saw Gone with the Wind. It was so colorful and beautiful. I just Wonderful re film. I remember as a, uh, a child seeing it and just thinking how strikingly beautiful Vivian Lee was. You know, even as a young kid. And Clark, the guy was amazing. Just iconic actors. And I understand that they, the uh, original director held out for two years um, trying to get Clark Gable on board. Well, he did. He was the only one that didn't want to do the picture. You know, Vivian Lee championed for it. Uh, everybody wanted to do it. Olivia de Havilland, you know, went into Jack Warner's office because she was under contract to Warner Brothers begging, and it was only because Olivia uh, enlisted uh, Jack Warner's wife, you know, via pillow talk to convince her to let her do the picture. Everyone wanted to do Gone with the Wind but Clark Gable, and the only reason he eventually did it was that he fell in love with Carol Lombard, and the lady that Gable was married to at the time wanted $150,000 for divorce, and so that's what they paid him to do the picture. <laughs> he refused to do a southern accent, and uh, uh, to his dying day, he never could understand what the uh, fuss was about. But everybody wanted to do Gone with the Wind but Clark Gable. Funny, isn't it? Wow, amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Of course, you have uh, you know a lot of inside stories that a lot of people either wouldn't pay attention to or, or, or don't know. And so I'm going to ask you, what was the second thing you collected? Oh, the second thing was uh, Vivian Lee's barbecue hat from Gone with the Wind. And I was in Italy at the time, and a friend of mine contacted me, and he said, oh, they're auctioning off Scarlett's barbecue hat, the straw hat. And I said, well, you go ahead and you buy it for me, and let me know how much it is, and I'll send you a check. And so, of course, I won the auction. And a friend of mine by the name of Fred Crane went over to pick up the hat, and Fred Crane had the very first lines in Gone with the Wind. So he and his uh, wife, Anita, went to pick up the hat. And so when I came back to the States, to Beverly Hills, they threw a party for the hat. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. Now, when you're talking about these many objects... Um, it's hard to believe there's that many props even in that that uh, that show. What can you give a variety of what what type of items that you you have in the collection? Well, I starting off, I have costumes. I have Vivian Lee's Academy Award. I have Arthur oh. Arling's Academy Award. He was the camera operator on Gone with the Wind. And although his boss accepted the Oscar for Gone with the Wind, Arthur later won his award 
for another minor classic called The Yearling. So because Arthur was such good friends with Vivian, I always told him, I said, well, wherever I take Vivian, I'll take you. So I have Arthur Arling's Oscar along with Vivian's Best Actress Oscar for Gone with the Wind always on display. Then there are props. Then there are contracts and memos and over 5,000 Fred Parrish photographs that were taken on the set, um, wow. handouts, you name it, I've got it. You know, it's just one big crossword puzzle. Each one of these things is a piece to it, and, uh, you know, it would still be growing if, uh, if I were much younger. But, you know, there comes a time for everything where you just have to say, enough. And uh, although I love sharing these things by uh, uh, exhibits all over the country, we just had an exhibit close in Orlando, Florida that was tremendously successful. And I've been sharing those things this way, and so now I'm going to share things in an ultimate way by allowing people to buy a lot of these things. I still have so much left over. It's uh, paper and memos and books and galley pages and scripts, original scripts. And, wow. You know, there's still so much left. Now, it's let's talk about the, the auctions coming up uh, fairly soon. Is it uh, April? What is the date on that? I believe it's the 18th and 19th. That, I'm fairly sure. That sounds sure. right. It's at Heritage Auction, and it's it's at their Beverly Hills uh, auction. Right, and I do believe that people can actually bid on these things online. They don't actually have to physically go to Beverly Hills. Right. But, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's where it's going to be. Yes, it's April 18th and 19th in Beverly Hills. And, and they did a, just a splendid uh, catalog for it. Kathleen Guzman, who I've known for years, she's been my guest at my house in Hawaii, and I've been her guest on the Antique Roadshow uh, several times. Not me, not because I'm an antique, although I am, <laughs> but I got some things from Gone with the Wind that people were very receptive to see you know they're very excited to see it so how does it feel um putting these things up for for auction i have absolutely no second thoughts or remorse it's just another way of showing and quite frankly i look forward to someday walking into a museum because my son and i my son josh and i travel a lot and so i really look forward to walking into a museum and seeing something that i've been able to share you know, in an ultimate fashion, you know, we've had inquiries from the Victoria Albert Museum in London, so I'm hoping they're able to acquire a few things as well. Wow. Uh, yeah, it'll be pretty exciting to watch this. And anybody can, like uh, James just said, anybody can watch this online. It's uh, up at a live uh, format. It's uh, actually an appellate that you can watch the auction live and you can participate and bid. And uh, I believe that's on live auctioneers, but you can get there right through the Heritage website which is the easiest website you'll ever remember it's ha.com and isn't that uh, exciting yeah it is i had steve ivy the uh ceo of uh of um heritage on way back and i remember him telling me that that website gets more traffic than all the auction websites all the major auction websites put together it's, it's what a wonderful uh, age we live in i think that's just wonderful because a lot of people quite frankly, that it's difficult for them to travel. They may have, you know, uh, travel issues or, and things. So, I mean, the fact that you can sit at home and and practically go anywhere around the world, including Heritage Auction, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Now, going back to your collecting, you started collecting in the 1960s. 
way back before, you know, the computer was ever thought of. How did you right. find these objects here and there? Well, a lot of them found me. I mean, when I got back to the studio that day after acquiring that one dress and then a rack full of other things that they just threw in, I, I told my secretary, I said, look, I said, this is from Gone with the Wind. I just bought this. Well, all of a sudden, I, my, uh, I started getting memos, and <laughs> my secretary would get phone calls from all these people and say, well, my grandfather or my aunt or uncle or so-and-so so worked on the picture, and they have this. Would you be interested in this as well? And so it just sort of like, it, it's sort of like rust, you know, it never went away. <laughs> you know, I would think the Vivian Lee dress, your first purchase, would be like the cream of the crop. Am I wrong about that? Or your $20 purchase? Uh, well, I do have a fond place in my heart for it because it was the thing that started the ball rolling, so to speak. Mm. And uh, someone told me, they said, well, do you think that collecting is an obsession? I said, no, because if you're obsessive about it, anything, you shouldn't be allowed near a checkbook. I think the word <laughs> obsessive has sort of an ugly connotation to it. Uh, I just think it's fun. If it's not fun, don't do it. That's right. Everything has a story. You know, when people collect, everything has a story and a connection, or it just doesn't really matter that much. And, uh, you know, of course, these things all have a story. Now, did you branch off into collecting other things as well, other movie memorabilia or something? <laughs> well, you know, my, my son likes Sherlock Holmes, so ah. about a year ago I spent $16,000 on a really wonderful jacket that Basil Rathbone wore in The Hound of the Baskervilles. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I have some spears from King Kong and... Oh, a couple Carol Lombard things and some things from Marie Antoinette, the 1936 film. And just, just you know, if it speaks to me, it's sort of like walking down the supermarket an aisle, you know. You may not be in the mood for uh, soup, but if you see a label and it, you know, it's, oh, that sounds good, so you just pick it up. So <laughs> it's the same thing with me with memorabilia, you know. It's like soup. <laughs> now, now, you mentioned earlier... Um, how nice it would be to walk in, you and your son walk in a museum and see oh, yeah. something going on. Have you considered uh, a, a museum yourself? Well, I had one for a while uh, in a city in the south, and I was so naive that um, I thought that they would be honorable, and they weren't. And it was probably the worst year of my life that I had to uh, pick these things out and pull them from the museum that I started. I had hoped that they would find a permanent home there, but uh, they were just not honorable people. Can I say Marietta, Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Shame on you, Marietta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's too bad. You have uh, have had that experience. And I, I, I look at things, you know, I mean, depending, of course, on their importance and historical value but it's it's really it really is a nice thing when it can be viewed by many especially when people have a warm place in their heart for something like this movie oh sure but we've been very fortunate over the years my son and i we have traveled all over i mean we have and the neat thing my favorite thing is during an exhibit is i make them put little settees throughout the exhibit because when Old people get tired. They want to sit down. And if they have to go out to the lobby or their car to sit down, they're not going to come back. Right. But my favorite thing is is just to find a settee in a quiet little corner and sit there 
quietly, if you can believe that. <laughs> and I sit there quietly, and I watch the people. It's a vicarious thing. I'm seeing my collection again through their eyes. Wow. It's yeah. my favorite experience. So I'm kind of now looking forward to be able to sit quietly in the corner of somebody else's museum and look at my things again and get something new out of them through the, the people that will pass through. So, I mean, this is like the gift that's going to keep on giving long after I'm gone. And I am so looking forward to sharing these things in this fashion. Now, do you plan, really do you plan to attend the auction itself? Well, I don't know yet. Maybe I'll show up. Yeah, it's a, I, a lot of people, um, I, I've been in the auction business for, um, you know, many, many years. And sometimes I think it's a bad idea. Sometimes I think it's a good idea. Um, but a lot of times there's a lot of emotion, and it, it makes it a, a difficult thing to see these things, especially if you if things on one or two items are not going the way you think they should. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm not going to sit in the corner like some Greek widow sobbing into my, you know, <laughs> my hanky. Well, no, I'm sure there will no, be. No. The, the way I always tell people in auction experiences um, something's going to go for twice as much as you thought it was, and something's going to go for half as what half as much as you thought it was, and that's generally the uh, roller coaster of it. But let's talk about the twenty dollar dress. What are the expectations of that? Oh, I don't know. You probably have to ask the folks at Heritage Auctions. I'm sure I won't be disappointed. Just maybe if it gets you know twenty dollars and fifty cents. I mean, <laughs> if if it goes for fifteen dollars, then perhaps I can break the laxative habit right there on the spot. <laughs> But, uh, but, um, no, I think you're going to be very happy with that. That's, you well, know, then I won't have to, they won't have to worry about me doing that then. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, Vivian Lee didn't have the mystique or whatever that Marilyn Monroe has, but, um, oh. but still a very, uh, big icon in the acting world. Um, but, you know, I'm sure you've heard of what's happened to some of Marilyn Monroe's items. You know, she is just, you know, keeps living in, in the world of collecting for, for real. I knew Marilyn. I knew Marilyn. Really? As a matter of fact, I prepared her in death, yes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I was called by Joe DiMaggio, who I'm not a big fan of. But I, like I told him, I said, I did it for her, not for you. Wow. Now, how did but you... She was, she was wonderful. I used to go over to her house, and uh, it would take about six hours to make her up. But nobody enjoyed the process more. I mean, when she would meet me at the door, there was this little pug-nosed, uh, kinky-haired lady and uh, with uh, skin that was so fine you could see the capillaries underneath. Hmm. And in six hours, she transformed to Marilyn Monroe. Wow. She was wonderful. We used to go to Farmer's Market very early in the morning, and nobody ever recognized her. And I'll never forget one of the last phone calls I had from her she was uh, being rather reminiscent, and she used to call me at 4 and 4.30 in the morning, and we'd talk and talk. And she told me once, she says, oh, Jimmy, she says, when I was a little girl, she says, I always wanted to dress up like a princess and, and have everybody love me and, and be the center of attention. And she says, oh, Jimmy, she says, you know, just be careful what you wish for. It might come true. Wow. You know, I think you're the first person I've ever spoken to that actually knew her. And wow, oh, she this is was amazing. Lovely. She you know, was lovely. I had an opportunity to read a lot of uh, her correspondence that was on un unknown letters. And mm -hmm. I, I actually wrote a blog about it and just saying that she was she was very intelligent. She had a Oh, very. She was portrayed or not so much. And I, I just 
wanted to get that on my blog after reading what she, her writing and her beautiful handwriting. And uh, I also thought she was very funny, too. I mean, that's, uh, you know, on a personal level, when she was talking to people, she was extremely funny. But you could also, there was always the underlying part of of sadness and and, uh, aloneness. She wanted to be be respected, and she wanted to be loved so desperately that she made very careless choices in the people she chose to get respect from or love. It was uh, just so sad. She really never really knew... From early on, she, it was hard for her to find happiness in life. Um, the men she chose to be in her life were not always the greatest. That must and have been I, uh, heart-wrenching for you to... Uh, to oh, the whole she told me so much about the Kennedys, I'm surprised I'm still living. <laughs> it was still time left in this podcast. <laughs> uh, Breaking news. <laughs> Well, she was always afraid that she, her lines were bugged, you know, that people really? were listening. And no. so she used code words for uh, uh, Robert Kennedy and code words for the president. Um, she referred to uh, Robert Kennedy as uh, Pop-Tart and no. uh, President Kennedy as 7-Up. Really? That was her code words? Mm-hmm. How about that? That's really something, really something. So... Uh, about how many items are going into this particular auction? Golly, I, let me look. I'd have to see. I think there are lot numbers, but there are several multiples and right. lots. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably over two, maybe about two hundred and twenty-five, just off the top of my head. Now that so that's just scratching the surface of your collection. Yeah. Is this going to be an ongoing thing, or is this just a, a one-time thing? Like you're picking out certain iconic items type of thing well i'm not going to burn the rest for heat so i'll probably have to auction it <laughs> there's a lot of auctions when you're talking 300 i know it'll be going on long after i drop <laughs> <laughs> all right so one What's more time fun? yeah so, one more time yeah so one more time the auction is on the april 18th and april 19th at heritage yes. auction and it's in Beverly Hills, and you may or may not see uh, James there. But, James, this has been a real pleasure. And well, that's, that's because you've only been talking to me to, for about half an hour. But anything <laughs> after that, I tend to start repeating myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, also, it's been wonderful to talk to you about Marilyn Monroe, too. She's, well, uh, she was, bless her heart, you know, to this day I can't even go buy a memorabilia store and look at the T-shirts. My son is always pointing them out to me. But I said, no, I can't look at it. It's too sad because they've made millions off of her after her death, poor thing. That's right. Sad. Yep. Yep. All right, well, you take good care, and thanks again. Hey, it's been fun, right? Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast at antiqueauctionforum.com. This show was sponsored by Gemmer. Collect and connect at gemmer.com.